served uh, during World War II uh, in uh, the Pacific Theater of War, uh, and he was present at uh, the Battle of Okinawa. Now, what's, what is really amazing about him being present uh, at the Battle of Okinawa is even the president realized that he was <laughs> uh, present. You say, how do you know? Because he, he won no less than seven medals uh, in serving in uh, the Pacific Theater, uh, plus on top of that seven uh, that he uh, had uh, commemorated to him during his service, he also had the Bronze Star for Bravery, specifically for deeds performed uh, in the Battle of Okinawa. And uh, you know, I, as I read that and uh, and I looked at that and uh, and thought about uh, about this 97-year-old church member that went home to be with the Lord, that uh, everybody kind of knew as uh, as one of the grandpas or one of the great grandpas. Uh, of the church, and uh, and his family loved him and spent time with him, and but you know it might never have entered our thoughts, and I believe this with all of my heart that Charlie Peterson was a member of the greatest generation that the United States has ever produced. Absolutely. If it had not been for Charlie and hundreds of thousands like him, then we would not have the freedoms that we have today. As one fellow put it, we might be speaking German today <laughs> if it had not been for what he represents, and that is he represents the greatest generation, uh, those who were willing to fight for us and uh, and to make, and to stand in the gap, literally to stand in the gap between us and the loss of our freedom, between us and tyranny, between who we are as a free society and as a free nation and who we could have been enslaved and in bondage uh, all these many, many years. Now, they're not, that's not the only generation that stood in the gap. Uh, my youngest son, along with many of your sons and daughters, have stood in the gap very recently, and they're paying a high price even today. Even today, those my, he's, my son's no longer uh, in the Army. He did 12 years, uh, of which I'm very proud. He's no longer in, but he's still sacrificing today for what he gave to this country when he spent that year in uh, Afghanistan and that uh, nine months getting ready and the four or five months debriefing and all the rest. But I'll tell you, we, uh, we, we love those who have stood in our place, amen, and done what needed to be done for the cause of freedom. Uh, I want to remember him as representing the greatest generation. Uh, he earned so many recognitions in his service, but you know there are lots and lots of uh, there are lots and lots of men and women. Uh, we'll wait on you, Ricky.
there are lots of recognitions that never even got awarded. And for some who did get recognition, they don't even want it known. I've known soldiers to come back and their medals are in the bottom of the footlocker. When someone pulled it out, they'd reach out and grab it and say, we don't want to talk about that. Isn't that amazing? Because they stood in the gap. They were men and women who loved this country and loved their God more than life itself and stood in the gap for us. So today, to all of our veterans, every single one, we say thank you from the very bottom of our heart. And I'd like to ask Barry to come around. And uh, he served. He knew what it was like. He understands. And he served, I believe, in one of the most difficult times in all the times of our country. He served in one of the most difficult times to serve in the military. And uh, Barry, like so many who served alongside you and uh, who left their blood uh, on some uh, far eastern soil. <laughs> uh, some left their blood, some left their life. And, uh, but for all of those that you represent, Barry, we appreciate it. He's gonna come and lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and then lead us in a prayer. Folks, everybody stand face to the flag. Let's say the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for the words for the brother that was given today who served in World War II, Lord. But God, I'm thankful that he was able to come home to his families, yes, to raise a family. And God, I was thankful that I was able to come home yes, to have a family. But God, it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I'm so thankful for the many men and women that know Christ as their personal Savior, Lord. God, that those fears can be eradicated because of the hope that was given when Christ shed his blood on the cross yes. of Calvary. Yes. And God, we just ask, Lord, God, for the many that had lost a father or a mother, Lord. God, through the years, Lord, missing them, God, you can fill that void with your presence, and God, the peace that's needed, Lord. And God, we need peace today, Lord, for this world. We need peace for this nation to be calmed, and Lord, that God, to turn and look to thee, and God, to remember who is the author and the finisher of our faith and our lives, Lord. God, we just ask, Lord, to be thankful in heart today, and most of all, we purpose to be in this house of prayer, God, to worship thee, God, to give you glory and honor, Lord, because of what you've done on Calvary. Yes, yes. God, I thank you, Lord. Be with us in the service. Bless the one that stands to preach, God, this morning. Give him the words for the hour, fresh and anew. And God, we uplift him in prayer, God. Put a hedge about the service. Keep Satan out of it. Lord, we need thy sweet spirit on us. For we ask these things in the lovely name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
If you're here this morning and you're visiting with us for the first time or for the first time in a long time and you've never had the opportunity uh, to get a visitor's packet, we'd like for you to raise your hand nice and high. We want to get a, a visitor's packet to you and glad to have you with us. Anybody, we don't want to overlook anybody visiting with us first time, first time in a long time. If you're here this morning and you need a prayer card, if you raise your hand nice and high, we'll read those prayer cards uh, at the beginning of the service tonight. And that'll go on our prayer list, and we appreciate the opportunity to pray for one another. Uh, anybody else? We don't want to overlook anybody. If you, if you still need a prayer card, raise your hand nice and high, and we'll get a prayer card to you. Thank you very much. Okay, so uh, cantata practice from going forward looks like this, and this is for everybody. This is if you're singing, if you're acting, if you're in the cantata. So Sunday at 5 o'clock. Uh, Monday at 6.30 and Wednesday immediately uh, after the Wednesday evening service. And we've kind of abbreviated uh, those uh, Wednesday evening services uh, just a little bit so that you get started a little earlier than you typically would. So uh, Sunday, 5 o'clock, Monday, 6.30, and Wednesday immediately after uh, the uh, the evening service. All right, Discover Club Thanksgiving program is Wednesday, November the 23rd at 7 p.m. Wednesday, November the 23rd. So whatever it says in your bulletin, uh, mine's been marked out, so I don't know what it said before, but it's supposed to say 23. So Wednesday, November the 23rd is the uh, Discovery Club Thanksgiving program that Wednesday evening, uh, and I hope you'll uh, all be here for that. It's always a great great uh, time. Children's play, play practice 9-15 this coming Saturday. Uh, men's 33, the series beginning Tuesday, November the 15th. Uh, and this is all men 18 and up uh, are invited to come out. Uh, the class is going to be led by Brother Rick Tallman. Uh, there's a flyer at the information disc if you have questions or if you need more information, uh, uh, see Rick today. Rick, stand up wherever you're at. There he is. Stand up real quick. This is Rick. See him. You're really going to enjoy this series. I promise you it's going to be a blessing to you. And so I want to encourage you uh, to be a part of that. And I know it uh, really will uh, uh, be a blessing to you. I got a, um, I got a card I want to read. And then there's a piece of paper, Daryl, on the thing there, uh, on my, uh, on my uh, music stand, yeah. All right, dear Pastor uh, Gary and uh, Mike Moore and the church, your kindness means the world to me. Uh, thank you for the visit uh, to the hospital, for the flowers, the cards, the prayers during my hospital stay. And we're so very, very glad she's here with us this morning. Uh, Gloria Mahaffey, so glad uh, she's back in the house of the Lord today. Amen? Amen. All right. So, did you come out last night? Did you eat plenty? Oh, I'll tell you, I, I ate plenty. I even got a deviled egg, amen? I did great. I had a great time, and the meal was tremendous. The fellowship was fantastic. And do you want to know how we did? We had a great auction. Everybody had a great time, wonderful fellowship. So I'm not making this up, okay? I'm not making this up. This is how much money we received last night, okay? Let me ask, anybody got a nickel? Any, no, I'm serious. You got a nickel? Raise your hand if you got a nickel. Okay, you got a nickel. I want you to give your nickel to uh, Paula Wolf when she comes down out of the choir, okay? 
You do that, give your nickel. So this is exactly how much we raised last night. $5,555.55. Give them a nice big round of applause. <laughs> Yes, we, we were in the zone, were we not? I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward for our tithes and offerings you give as the Lord directs, and I know, I know, I know he'll bless you for it. Bill, why don't you ask God's blessing on the offer? sang this course together um, 
I don't know why, but this is coming to my mind this morning, and I've been singing it in my mind, and, uh, and it talks about the grace of God. The song says, the chorus is grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. And I'm thankful for the grace of God today. I'm thankful where it says, for by grace are we saved through faith. I'm thankful where it says, by the grace of God, I am who I am. It doesn't say this, but by the grace of God, I'm, I'm thankful for where I am. If it wasn't for his grace, I'm thankful that his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect. And I'm just thankful for the grace of God today. So just sing this song, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. Here we go. Grace, grace.
of what the mercy of God can do. If you knew me then, you'd believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. He took the old and he made it new. That's what the mercy of God can do. No. 
by this morning, and I've been going back and forth whether I should, but I don't feel like he can let me sing without testifying about how good the Lord is. Lately, since Lily's been born, one of my favorite pastimes now is I've been taking the other two older kids when I get home, and we go down to the gym, and, and, and half the time is spent working out, and half the time is spent keeping the kids from dying on all of the equipment. But it's nice to get some time with them and just and also get them out of Lauren's hair for a minute, right? But we were down there one night and Riley was with me and we were watching worship music on the TV and the song came on and during this music video there was a bunch of people and it started out how they all just had these black shirts on and they were all just in the thick of it and they were all going through and they had little subtitles going and they had their story and all this kind of stuff that they were fighting, whether it be addiction or whether they were fighting temptation or depression or whatever it may be. And at the end of the video, throughout the song, after the Lord comes in, they're all having, they all had white shirts on at the end. Very poetic, right? And Riley asked me, she's like, we're watching the video together. And she says, why do they all have one white shirts, Daddy? And I said, well, that's because of what the Lord's done for we just sang a song called Clean, and I talked about how even though they were fighting and what they were going through, and no matter what they were going through, I said, the Lord cleaned them up. And it's showing how the Lord washes our sins, Riley. And it just so happens I was wearing a white shirt. And she said, well, you have a white shirt on. Does that mean he washed your sins? And we had a little bit of Jesus time there in the gym. Because it put it all in perspective. I was sitting there, and I'm going through the time, and I'm going through the week, and I'm fighting with God. I'm being honest with you. I was fighting with God because my family, my extended family was going through some things, and everybody's praying, and everybody's going through it, and we're just wondering why God is not answering the prayers the way we think he should. We're wondering why he's not answering the prayers in the time that, we, that he should. And then all of a sudden, that song comes on, and all of a sudden, an angel from the Lord just comes out and taps Riley on the shoulder and just gets her to, and it puts it all in perspective for me. Because I go into that moment and I'm, I'm just ready to fight with God. I'm ready to just be angry. It puts it all in perspective. That I could testify all morning about the blessings that the God has given me. I could testify about how blessed I am to have the children that I have, the wife that I have, to grow up in the family that I had, to grow up in this church, to grow up with the to have the job that I, I could go on for days, but I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. I want to be selfish this morning, and I just want to thank him for saving me, for taking somebody that had an eternal soul that was black and dirty and deserved nothing but hell, but washed me up. Put me under the blood. Man, we have a God that is worth our worship this morning. And there are people that came into this church house just like I was the other night. And they're fighting and they're pulling with God and they're angry with God or they're bitter towards God or they're depressed or they're fighting anxiety. And they just don't want to be here. But we're losing sight of what really matters because we're here to worship. We're here to praise him. And even though it's hard sometimes to praise him and lift up your hands, that's when he's calling us to praise him even harder because it doesn't matter what we're going through. He has saved our soul and he has made salvation real. And through his blood, we can have hope and we can have joy. And sometimes it's hard to see it because of the mountain that's in front of us. But man, if we can just take a moment and just be in his presence, and just be thankful that there's actually a God above that really 
loves us, that actually loves us for who we are and how much we want to curse God and how much we want to fight God and how much we want to go against what he has for us. And it might be a long time since you've been in the church house. You just might have started coming back. You might be fighting through something right now, but I'm here to tell you there is a old-fashioned altar down here. And there are people that want to pray with you and people that want to help you carry that burden. Man, I hope we just let the Holy Spirit move this morning. got a friend It's closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion He's with me in the valley, he's with me in the fire, he's with me in the storm. Let all my life testify, hallelujah, with
great to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed everything thus far. I praise the Lord for it. I'd like for you to turn with me, please, to the book of Isaiah chapter number 24. Isaiah chapter number 24, and that's where we're going to take our text. And... Uh, That's me breathing, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't realize I was quite that uh, didn't realize I was quite that well mic'd. So uh, we want to carry on with um, Isaiah today. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a long time. I'm only just gonna read the first three verses of uh, of that chapter, Isaiah twenty four, the first three verses. And then we'll bring a, a message on that. I'll try, I really, I realize what time it is. I'm going to try to be brief, but I do want to bring just a couple of things out from this patches of scripture. I was listening to Michael say something exceedingly similar to that uh, in uh, one of his messages. I, I really just have one little thing I want to point out here. Uh, and uh, I was just so thrilled. Uh, he is my son, no doubt. It took him a good 40 minutes to point out that one thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll try not to be 40 minutes pointing out that one thing uh, or two things, whatever, but uh, try to be a little bit brief. Uh, but it's been a great day to worship the Lord already. Amen. Already the Lord has moved uh, powerfully in our hearts and so wonderful to see God moving. I just love seeing so many people respond to the altar. Amen. And... Um, you know, I, I don't know why everybody comes. Uh, as a matter of fact, the vast majority of people who walk the aisle, I would have to say, I, I, don't, I don't know why they came. I, I really don't. Uh, 
Sometimes I can speculate, and you know we're all guilty of that, I think, speculating uh, on something that we probably have no knowledge of and probably no business speculating if you really want to know the truth of the matter. But we do, and we think, oh, I wonder if they're going for this or for that. But this is the one thing I do know. Even though I don't know what brought you to the altar, and even if I don't know what you said to the Lord when you came to the altar, and uh, chances are I don't, I do know that the one you're talking to when you come to the altar is able to take care of whatever it is you're bringing to him. And that gives me a lot of peace. If it's a burden that you're carrying, the, the Lord can lift that burden. Boy, wasn't that a great song the choir sang just a few minutes ago when they sang clean. Wasn't that just a fabulous song? So uh, uh, I, I guess it was... Uh, I guess it was Friday night, Friday evening, Friday during the day I worked down at the Parsonage and I was painting and, uh, uh, and uh, it was hot down there. Uh, I didn't realize it, it really, it got really, really warm down there and, uh, uh, and so I worked pretty much all day down there and, uh, and it just got hotter and hotter and I got uh, sweatier and sweatier and so when we came, came back up to the fellowship hall, First thing I wanted to do was I wanted to get a shower because I, I just, you know how it is sometimes, you just don't feel clean. You, you, you just don't feel it. You feel sometimes spiritually, we just don't feel clean. We just, we don't know what it is maybe that separated us or maybe we do. Uh, but whatever it is, we just sense that something's not quite right and then we walk into the presence of the king and he just speaks a word and it's like we are cleansed from inside to out and we can stand in his presence and worship him in all of his glory and majesty because we feel clean amen isn't that wonderful I'm so glad I know the God who is able to make us clean. And then we had such a great night last night. Everybody had a blast. Uh, we enjoyed each other's company. And, uh, and uh, so I did put something in. I didn't tell anybody what it, what it was. Well, actually, Helen put something in. Uh, I didn't tell anybody what it was. But whoever bought the Christmas tree saws, you remember those? Anybody? Yeah. If you bought the Christmas tree saws, we put that in, okay? That's, that's the limit of our abilities this year <laughs> was the Christmas tree saws. Uh, but hanging on the wall along the side were three beautifully crafted quilts which made such a difference in the, uh, in the uh, banquet this year. And uh, so we want to th say thank you very, very much to Ruth Rowland, who single-handedly, <laughs> pretty much, uh, made sure that we had quilts this year. So we thank you from the, there you are. I didn't see you, uh, but it's good to see you here. We sure appreciate that. And then, I don't know who did all the cooking, but I sure did enjoy the eating. Amen. So thank you to all the ones who did anything, uh, but especially the ones that cooked. 
<laughs> we thoroughly enjoyed that. No, we enjoyed all of it, every bit of it. And um, we, uh, we just praise the Lord for his goodness to us. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to read three verses. Then we're just going to take a couple of minutes, look at a few things, and then we'll be done this morning. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty. He maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth broad the inhabitants thereof. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, and as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him, the land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken this word. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us just for a few minutes as we take a look at this passage this morning. Lord, we, we know someone here needs the word of God, and so we pray that it might touch Lord, every heart, but that one specific that needs it so much today, I wouldn't even begin to guess who that might be, but Lord, you know. And Lord, I believe that they know. Someone here today is hungering for something from the Word of God. They need something today. And so, Lord, you know them and they know you. And Lord, I pray that today you might give them what they need providing for them the strength, the wisdom, the direction, the touch of the master's hand that those so desperately need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Now, in chapter number three, which we did not read, nor did we bring a message from, but if you were to take some time and look at chapter number three, you'd find that that entire chapter is about the destruction of Tyre, uh, and it is significant. Because the destruction of Tyre is going to take place about 25 to 30 years right in that range after the prophecy is given. So we're talking about a very short prophecy in chapter number 23. Uh, so in just a few years, Tyre is going to fall uh, and everything that Isaiah says about it is going to come to pass exactly, exactly as Isaiah has given it. You don't, uh, you may have never studied chapter 23. You never, have, maybe you've never compared it to the historical evidence and all that. But I'm telling you, if you did, you would find that Isaiah is talking about what's going to happen in Tyre and it is going to, to come to pass and it has come to pass exactly as he said some 25 to 30 years after he gave the prophecy so it's quite a powerful prophecy that he gives when he talks about Tyre there's also something interesting about Tyre Tyre is also part of the past uh, of Israel part of the past uh, it is Tyre that has supplied so much of what uh, Israel has had need of now when David builds uh, uh, re, uh, when David assembles all the uh, materials uh, to build the temple and then Solomon builds the temple, it is Tyre who supplies the overwhelming majority of the materials, especially the wood that's going to be used. And so much of this comes from Tyre. But then there's also something else. It is from Tyre that we get Ahab's wife, Jezebel. 
So Tyre is connected with Israel in a very strong way from a positive point of view in that there's so much uh, 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 in, the, in the city uh, that, is, uh, that has been supplied to them uh, by Tyre, but then also in a very negative way, and I think I can probably say this, uh, I believe Jezebel was without argument uh, the worst ruler that Israel had. She ruled co-regent with her husband Ahab and the two of them, uh, I believe, and especially Jezebel herself, was the worst ruler uh, that, uh, that they had the, in, uh, in all of uh, the history of Israel. And I, I do, I believe that. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I, I believe Jezebel proved herself uh, to be the worst of all those rulers. But anyway, so we have all this that's given to us, and now we have the prophecy concerning the destruction of Tyre. Uh, and then we move from chapter 23 to chapter 24. And when we move from chapter 23 to chapter 24, there is a huge break that takes place. You've heard Michael mention this many times and I used to mention it a lot, not so much anymore, but uh, the chapter uh, divisions of our Bible uh, are not divinely inspired. Now, you, you may... That may bother you, but it's true. The, uh, as a matter of fact, it's been in relatively recent history, uh, 1700s, uh, that uh, the, the Bible was divided up as we know it in chapter and verse form. And it was divided that way up for some very good reasons, and I won't go into all of it, but, uh, but uh, Paul did not divide the book of Romans into chapter and verse. Neither did Isaiah write the book of Isaiah in chapter and verse, uh, and so there are times when the when the uh, when the chapter breaks are tremendously significant, and then there are other times that you're just flowing. You're just going from the end of this chapter to into the next chapter, uh, and uh, you could very easily have maybe perhaps broken it somewhere else. But when we get to here to between chapter 23 and chapter 24, if there had ever been a divinely inspired chapter break, this would have been it. This would have been it. You say, why do you say that, preacher? Because what he is talking about in chapter number 24 is drastically and radically different from what he is talking about in chapter number 23. In chapter number 23, Isaiah is telling us about the destruction of Tyre. And from verse 1 of chapter 24, it is clearly evident that Isaiah has jumped. He has jumped all the way from just a few years down the road. He has jumped all the way past his birth, past the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, past his inaugural into his ministry uh, at the wedding of Cana, past his trip down the Via della Rosa, past his resurrection, past the birth of the church, past the church age, and he has jumped all the way up to the time of the great tribulation. And it's evident, if you read the whole chapter, it'll, it'll be even more clear to you. But even the first three verses that we've read, it should be clear to you that Isaiah has made this huge leap. He has gone from his generation and his lifetime uh, to thousands of years in the future uh, and on past even the birth, resurrection, burial, ascension of Jesus Christ, even to the time 
of his return and the beginning of the great tribulation. Notice what he says in verse number 1 of chapter number 24. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste. Now notice something very clear here. All right. So he is talking about the earth here, not the land. Okay. There's a difference. So he could have been talking about, he could have used the word, if he had wanted to, he could have used the word Israel, or he could have used the land of Judah, or he could have used all of Israel, uh, or he could have used uh, the, uh, uh, the idea of uh, Israel itself, which specifically spoke of the northern kingdom. But he didn't use any of those words. He used the word for the planet, the planet that we're living on, the whole of the earth. And he says this right at the start. He says, Behold, the Lord maketh the earth, the whole earth, all of the planet to be empty. This is the time of the tribulation. Now I've got so much I'd love to preach on this morning, and, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just going to, to, to make this one little point here, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up because uh, I don't want to get into the other because I would like to tie it all together, and I don't want to be here till 1230, and you don't either. Amen? <laughs> Harry's ready to eat. He's hungry already. After all, you ate last night. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. You're hungry again already. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'm a little bit hungry for the Word of God, okay? So let's get just a little bit of this. Uh, and, uh, and then Daryl's going to feed us tonight. So, right? Okay, good. That would have been terrible if, if somebody else would have been preaching, wouldn't it? So I'm glad I got it right. Now, no, notice what he says here. He says... Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty. So I just, I just want to talk about just that phrase. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth, or the whole earth, or the planet, empty. And you might say, well, preacher, how do you know he's talking about the tribulation? Because in the tribulation, the earth's not going to be empty. There's going to be lots of people here on earth. That's true, but the earth's going to be empty. Did you know that? The earth is going to be empty. Because before, let me, let me tell you something. This prophecy fits so well with other prophecies that we find in the New Testament that it just almost makes chills run up and down my spine. Okay, It really does. So the whole earth is going to be empty. What does he mean when he says that the whole earth is going to be empty? Well, I want to say something to you this morning. After having studied the Bible carefully, I have come to the clear conclusion, along with many of the scholars that I read after and many friends in the ministry, uh, and we are thoroughly 100% convinced that the Word of God teaches that two things, two things are going to happen at the beginning of the tribulation. Two things. The one thing that's going to happen, and we all know this, is... Me and you, if you're born again, we're leaving. We're leaving. Listen, I'm not hanging around, okay? I'm not hanging around for the tribulation. Jesus has already promised me that he's going to come back and get me. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain uh, shall be joined together with them and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Glory, hallelujah, before the tribulation uh, uh, starts, before it takes place. I am leaving here. The church is going out. 
If you're born into the family of God, you've been uh, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been born again by the power of the Holy Ghost of God. We're leaving here. We're going out of here. We're going to say farewell to this uh, world uh, full of sin and sorrow and heartache and pain and woe. And we're going to meet all of our loved ones who have gone on before uh, us. Uh, We're going to meet their uh, resurrected bodies in the air as their resurrected bodies are united with their spirits who have gone on. on to heaven and we're going to have a great meeting in the air. Remember that old gospel song? There's going to be a meeting in the air. There is. There's going to be a glorious meeting. We're leaving this place. That's not all that has to happen. The Bible tells us that not only are me and you leaving, but the Bible tells us that someone else is leaving too. Who is that someone else? Oh, I have him with me every day. He lives way down deep inside. And we look around at our world and we think, oh, it's a sinful world. It's not near as sinful as it's going to be when the Holy Spirit leaves this place. He that letteth, the one who lets, and the word let there means to restrain or to hold back. So let me explain to you what that book, uh, what that passage in Ephesians uh, is uh, talking about. He's saying this. He says, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians. He says this. He said, he that is restraining, that's holding back the powers of sin, that's holding back the power of the demons, that's holding back what Satan would do, when he's taken out of the way, then it's the great tribulation. So if you're saved... And I hope you are. And if you're not, I hope you won't leave until you get saved. But if you're here this morning, you're saved, you're born again, you and I are leaving here. And not only are we leaving here, but we're taking the Holy Spirit with us. Amen. You heard about the old fella. He just, uh, his wife just, she wouldn't stop nagging. She just, I mean... And she literally just followed him around. Everywhere he went, she just followed him around and just nag, 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 nag. So finally one day he went in the bedroom. He's packing up his suitcase. And she said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm leaving. She said, what do you mean you're leaving? He said, I I just can't take it no more. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this place. I'm I'm going away. I, I just can't handle it anymore. He got it all in the suitcase. He started walking the door. And she said, well, if you're leaving, I'm going with you. Let me tell you something. When we leave, he's going with us. The Holy Spirit's going to leave this world. And it's hard to say, but it's true. The Holy Spirit is going to leave this world to its own devices. And you think it's wicked now. And you think it's hard now. And you think it's difficult at the moment. Let me tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. When 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 the church of the living God is out of the community... None of us here to pray God's grace on our community. No one here to plead for the forgiveness of lost friends and loved ones. No one here to teach the truth of the word of God. No one here to be a light in Nottingham, in Oxford, in Rising Sun. Nobody here to do that. We've all gone. We've met with the Lord in the air and we took the Holy Spirit with us. Let me tell you something. 
It's a big break between chapter 23 and chapter 24. Chapter 23 was a lot of destruction. It was a lot of it, it, it was it was a lot of heartache. It was a lot of a lot of struggle. But it was it's not anything like what chapter four is talking about. When we leave here, when we leave here, what's this world going to be like? You know what? I'm be honest with you. I I'm kind of like Paul. <laughs> to going home to be with the Lord would be all right. Be you know. It'd be all right. He's, Paul said it would be far better. I, and I know it would be far better in a thousand ways. But I still have kids and grandkids. And I still have uh, close friends and loved ones. And uh, I, still, I still have an awful lot of joy in this life here in this world. But I'm telling you, if all of us was gone, I wouldn't want, if all of y'all were gone, I wouldn't want to be here. I don't, I don't want to be left behind. I'm going to glory with you. I'm going to glory with you. And we're taking the Holy Ghost with us. What a horrible, horrible place. Well, preacher, when's that going to happen? Check your watch. Because it could happen any minute. Amen? Check your watch. It could happen any minute. The Lord's coming back, and I believe He's coming back soon. And somebody you know is not ready. And you're going to leave them behind? And you're not going to be here to tell them about Jesus? And you're going to leave them behind? And there's not going to be a church to nurture them and strengthen them and help them grow? And you're going to leave them behind? And there's not going to be any Holy Ghost to convict their heart? Make them how keenly aware they need the Lord Jesus? You don't want to leave them behind like that. I don't want to leave them behind like that. And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, let me tell you something. You're sitting under the sound of the gospel because I've told you time and time and time and time again, number one, that Jesus loves you, number two, that he died for you, and number three, that he'll cleanse you and forgive you if you would just trust him. I don't know how many times I've told you. So when we're gone, it's over for you. No more chance. No more opportunity. You've already heard the gospel. You've already been convicted. We've already prayed for you. And when the Lord comes and takes us all out, you'll be left behind without us. And no Holy Spirit to woo your unsaved heart to the Savior. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying today's the day. Now's the time. This is it, folks. If you're going to get right with God, Christian, today's the day to do it. If you're going to get saved, that individual that's still not sure, not settled, today's the day to do it. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message. Pray you touch us with its glorious truth. Lord, we could go just a little further in this chapter. We could see even even more just how urgent the hour truly is. But Lord, just scratching the surface, just looking at the opening line of the first verse of the chapter, we recognize how precariously we stand 
at the edge of eternity? And our lost friends and loved ones, how quickly they could slip away with no hope of Christ and no hope of forgiveness and no love of God. Oh, dear Lord, before we slip away, before, as Paul put it, before our hands have let it slip, Lord, may we grasp hold to the gospel. May we grab hold of Jesus and say, Jesus, I cannot hold on. Would you hold me fast? Would you hold me till eternity? Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's stand together. What shall we sing? How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That He would give His only Son to make a wretch His Shoot. 